I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass, the podcast that leaves read receipts on so you know when we're ignoring you. I want to talk about something that has become very popular as a hedge fund strategy on Wall Street over the past few years, which is activist investing. It's when an investor buys a certain percentage of a company and then they go in and say, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do now. You need to cut this many employees. You need to rearrange your business strategy. You need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, this has become super hot on Wall Street in a time in the global economy where it's hard to make money investing. So managers have become more active. So one example of this that you probably saw, even if you don't follow Wall Street really closely, was the whole Olive Garden thing. You remember about how Olive Garden doesn't salt its pasta water? Everyone was sharing this PowerPoint slide all over the internet about- and Fat America got really upset about breadsticks. Yes. Yeah, that was the other thing. That, so this was this 290-slide PowerPoint presentation from oh, this America. fund called Starboard Value. And what they basically said is Olive Garden's doing everything wrong, from not salting its pasta water and bringing out too many breadsticks which was a problem because then they get cold and customers can't get new hot breadsticks. They have to eat shitty cold breadsticks, which nobody likes. Um, but then it also had a lot of stuff about like they own their real estate the wrong way, every level of their business, what they were doing wrong. And they put out this, they bought a bunch of Olive Garden stock. They put out this presentation. They put up an alternative slate of directors for the board of directors of the company that owns Olive Garden. And then they won. They took over the company. They brought in all these experts who had been involved in a previous incarnation of Olive Garden when it made a lot of money and had better customer service and had a shorter, more focused menu. And that seemed to be where this actually worked well where you had someone on Wall Street who identified this company's being mismanaged. They can do something different that will both serve customers better and make shareholders more money. Let's bring in talented managers who will do this. This, I think, is, is a key case of how activist investing can not just be a good way to make money for investors, but can actually be a good force in the economy that makes companies better. There are people who are great at this, and there are people who are garbage at it. Garbage. And it's debatable, I totally agree. There are definitely different ways that you can start trying to tell a company what to do. And I think tone is really important here. Um, it's just like any other time when you're trying to impose your wishes on another entity or individual. The starboard thing worked because the starboard guys are very polite they don't like to make a lot of waves unless they're seeing major opposition. And then they take their case to the court of public opinion and drop massive slide decks like the one that you saw um, with Olive Garden. There is another way to do this, and that is to jump directly into the court of public opinion and start publicly saying exactly what you want the company to do, what you think is wrong, um, and how you either want to fix it or think that it's messed up and everybody should get on one side or another side of the company's stock. I want to talk about Bill Ackman, and I want you to explain something to me, because I feel like the really high-profile Bill Ackman stories are about Bill Ackman being a complete idiot. You have Bill Ackman... Uh, engineering a takeover of JCPenney that tried to upscale JCPenney that just ended up completely backfiring. It turns out JCPenney customers do not want the store upscaled. Um, you have Bill Ackman arguing that Herbalife is a pyramid scheme. 
uh, and failing to convince the markets that that is the case. You have Bill Ackman trying to argue that Mike Bloomberg could be elected president because a Republican Congress, if the election got thrown into the House of Representatives, would choose Bloomberg over their own nominee. That's literally the most lull ever. Yeah. So, but Bill Ackman manages billions of dollars that people give him to manage. And so my question is, why do people do that? Is there something we're missing where Bill Ackman is actually really smart and it's just gotten less attention than all the stuff about him being really stupid? Okay. So first, let me explain. Bill Ackman is the billionaire hedge fund manager behind a hedge fund called Pershing Square. They have around $20 billion in assets under management, which means they have $20 billion to run around investing in companies and trying to tell them what to do. Um, this is, I think, the, uh, the problem with Bill, which is that after a while in his career, he did really, really well. After blowing up his first hedge fund, which was called Gotham Partners, in 2001, he raised money again for a second hedge fund called Pershing Square, the one he has now. And their long-term performance is really good. Different people calculate that differently, and some say that you were flat with the S&P. Fine, everybody argue. But what we cannot say is that Bill Ackman has not been right about some things. Like MBIA, the bond insurer that fell after the financial crisis. So, you know, he has been right about some stuff. Plus, he's very, you know, he's young looking, he's good looking, he works out all the time. All these little nerds on Wall Street want to be just like him because he's so is it that superficial? It's like you're good looking, here's my money invested in companies and tell them what to do differently. I think he's really smooth. Bill is a very, very smooth smooth operator and when he's confident and when he's sure he he can sound like he knows everything the first time I ever asked him about JC Penny was some years ago I was at a conference and I walked up to him and I was like you know have you ever shopped at a JC Penny and he looked at me and he said well no <laughs> and I was like so how are you he's like have you ever been to a Sephora and I was like yes he's like well I'm putting Sephora's in all the JC Pennies it's not I mean the logic there, but he sounded like he knew what he was talking about. The crazy thing about that J.C. Penny restructuring, and you remember that, like they brought in Ellen DeGeneres as their new spokeswoman, and they did all this stuff. J.C. Penny's based in Texas, and they brought in a whole new executive team, many of whom did not want to live in Texas, so they were flying in from Los Angeles it's every a week. And like, I don't want to live in Texas either, but I'm not a top executive at a mid-level national department store chain, and so if I think of myself as too good to live in Texas, I probably don't understand the JCPenney customer. No. And it seemed like that whole team, not just Ackman as the investor, but all the executives that they brought in to run the company, including the guy who used to run the Apple store, just didn't understand it at all. They were like, well, this should be fancy, like the fancy things we shop at, which is not the right strategy for a lot of businesses. Right. I mean, you can consistently see this in Bill's work, where he thinks he knows what he's talking about. He thinks he knows who he's talking about. But it just comes out all wrong because he doesn't understand his audience. A lot of what the backlash that he's facing right now are because some of his biggest investments, like Valiant Pharmaceuticals, which he was very involved with, turned south and went bad on him. Explain Valiant a little bit, because this is like this is like a small, well, it's a bigger but a less egregious version of what Martin Shkreli is up to. Definitely less egregious. So, you know, this is like a $40 billion market cap company, and, you know, that has 
assets all around the world. Martin Screlly is one dude in front of a computer monitor um, with, a, with a company that he just formed. Valiant would acquire other drugs from companies or other companies completely outright and then jack up the prices until the patents were out. And then you would pay an arm and a leg for your drugs, or rather your insurer would, and it was lifting the cost of drugs across the board. The problem with drug pricing is that it's incredibly opaque, and that's what you know we're discussing in Congress right now, why everybody's getting up in arms about this stuff. Nobody actually knows how much this stuff actually costs. Um, so Valiant was jacking up prices a lot, and then it was saying that it had organic growth, that it was doing well as a company, when a lot of people who were criticizing it were saying, you know, if you didn't jack up these prices so much, you guys wouldn't make any money at all. So Bill tried to help them out. Valiant went south under the scrutiny of Congress just saying, you can't do this. Huge scandal. Bill was all over it. He was even having conference calls about it. So he took a huge hit on that. The thing is, in Bill's investor letter at the end of the year, all he could say was, the market is wrong and I am right. This is going to change and turn on me. Essentially, he also said, if I weren't such a good investor, people wouldn't have followed me into these investments and I wouldn't have lost so much money when they sold. But, but the thing is, this stuff is not always bullshit. This sort of value investing thing where people on Wall Street, the idea is, I know how to run this company better than the people who run it now. Yeah. Bill is going to stand on his soapbox and scream to the heavens whether he's losing or not and tell everyone that he's winning. This is very obnoxious. People hate this. These things can be real. The question is just whether Bill Ackman is real or not. Oh. And how much of Wall Street is the real stuff and how much of it is the fake stuff? That's the question I don't know the answer to. I, I don't know the answer either, but I will tell you that there are only a couple hundred people on this planet who know how to run money and everyone else is just chasing them with size. That is the truth. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. We are distributed by ACAST. 